0: You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times.
1: Yes, hello, everyone. This is Dave Rubenstein again. I'm with John Egan of an incident management company called Kintaba. John, how you doing today? Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your background and, and how you came to... Uh, to start Kintaba?
0: <laughs> Great, of course. So so me and, and actually the whole founding team uh, at Kintaba were, were previously at Facebook uh, working as engineers and, and product managers. Um, we built a lot of the internal tools there uh, that helped power the company as it it went through its cycle of rapid growth, Um, primarily things in the information tool space uh, around incident management, uh, task management, um, and collaboration. Um, And uh, and after we left, um, one of the the things we really missed from the organization was how mature and and, and well-built the major incident management process was at that company. And and we sort of assumed, you know, leaving that every other organization operated the same way. And when we started our own company, um, we reached out to all of our other friends who had had left Facebook and Google and other sort of major tech organizations and asked them, you know, well, what products are you using to uh, to power your uh, incident management response process? You know, how are you dealing with the fires? Because every company's on fire, even our small company. Um, and, and what we really found was they were all uh, just stitching tools together. They were, they were grabbing Slack and they were using Google Sheets and they were you know, using templates in JIRA and they were having to follow up manually with people to write their postmortems. And the output of all of that was we said, well, we, we, we should probably build a tool here, right? We should probably create something like Kintaba, which, which ultimately uh, attempts to be an instant management platform that's really designed to get the overhead and busy work out of the way so your organization can fix the problem quickly and, and respond in a consistent manner.
1: Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, because we wrote a lot last year about the, this notion of uh, observability, which is kind of where, you know, application monitoring had moved uh, towards. So uh, how, how is incident management different than observability or application monitoring? Is it just in the response to incidents, or uh, maybe you can explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so
0: so incident management is it's one of these terms that I think over the last five years has had five or six different meanings, depending on who you're talking to. Um, And I think it's starting to really take hold as as a meaningful phrase, that means that top level process through which your organization follows when it's dealing with a major uh, outage or a critical incident. And, And what I mean by that is, I mean, it's a lot of the people process. It's how do we declare these things? How do we make sure everyone comes together in a centralized location? How do we make sure we get the right individuals responding and collaborating? How do we put that response team together, that subscriber team together, record that timeline, make sure we go write the postmortem once it's done, distribute that postmortem to everyone who's involved and make sure a follow-up review meeting happens. There are these very understood steps that need to be followed in the case of you know what we call these black swan events, these Major outages and critical incidents um, that need to be followed inside of organizations, and that's that's really the incident management layer. And it's uh, it's separate from something like observability, where observability is a tool that you need to use during your response process. Right? Like this is this is one of the ways that you go and accomplish root cause analysis. But incident management is really the orchestration above that, which is the process you're following. Inside of which you might go and use your observability tools. You know, you might go use your collaboration tools. You might go and use some, you know, some of your other uh, infrastructure monitoring and BI tools. Um, but they all can kind of exist next to each other. So, so we don't we don't replace or 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 you know compete with an observability system. Um, we're the product that is available across the entire organization for visibility into the process and
1: what's currently happening. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So uh, when, when you were at Facebook, how did you guys look at incident management? How did you approach it? And, um, and how is what Kentaba is doing now helping companies uh, work in the same way?
0: So, so Facebook, Google, you know, these, these, these sort of uh, mature organizations practicing incident management all, all follow kind of a, a set of themes. Uh, that are important for when you're when you're practicing incident management and and one of those themes is sort of a consistency in process uh, that's been implemented by a tool. So each of these organizations has a tool internally that everyone knows they can go to, to get updates and information on the individual incident. And this is separate from like an alerting tool, what, what sort of like a pager duty is historically, where we're routing alerts from individual systems, you know, out to a, a specific person or one or two people who then respond and close it out. These are systems where the um, problem is initially defined generally as a symptom, right? We have a, we have an outage. We have a, uh, the website is down. We have a, uh, Uh, flurry of reports that, that, um, you know, an external system is no longer operating and customers are unhappy, right? All of these organizations like Facebook um, have this one place that everyone in the company can come and see what's going on. And this is a core part of the process because it means that you're not dealing with all of the back-channel communication across managers and across the organization trying to explain what's going on. So when something's happening, let's say major egress drop or, or site outage, you really want your sales guys, your, your PR guys, your customer success folks, everyone to be able to come in and see what's happening without having to go and cause communication thrash back to the management and, and, and frontline responding teams who are actually trying to work the problem. So that's that's a big part of it, just on its own. Um, and then within that, there's also a communications platform, which is how is the response team uh, uh, interacting with each other and recording the timeline. Of events and and where is that being recorded in a way that it can then be referred back to? You know, once you have that that closure, mitigation, and post mortem, and it's that's where you're storing the status that then feeds upwards to that dashboard that the rest of the company can use. And then after the fact, as this is a full process, you have this post mortem and look back reflective period where the owner of that incident, the person who has the most context, comes back in. And reflects on what happened and what was understood and what wasn't understood and what were the steps taken and what did we learn and makes certain that the knowledge that's really only there for the persons responding to the incident gets propagated out to the rest of the organization that anyone can go and read and get information on and make sure that that propagates and spreads. Um, And all of this gets kind of captured inside of a tool. And there are some practices inside of those pieces that are specific to each organization. But really that's sort of the uniqueness of it is that adherence to the appropriate process and flow.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I'm curious to know, are most incidents that happen uh, in software, are they kind of one-offs or are these things that you're seeing that are repeating over and over again when you either change code or, or something else happens? So I think you can split the world
0: of, of you know if we were to capture all types of incidents, I think you kind of split them where in one side you've got sort of your repeatable, um, uh, predictable alerts, and in that world you really are looking at. How do you handle those alerts and situations without humans being involved at all? Right. This is this is sort of the direction that we see companies like Rundeck going, you know, which was just recently acquired by PagerDuty in terms of how you're responding to these alerts that your monitoring systems are aware of. You know, these, these are sort of the repeatable side in in our world in major incident management you know we're really looking at what we call these black swan events each one of these if your incident management process is working properly are going to be different Um, and they're not really going to be necessarily even comparable to each other other than perhaps at the level of categorization Um, and in that world your response process is much more human because you don't necessarily have that knowledge of even the service uh, that's being affected specifically or causing the problem and it's why the root cause analysis process is so important over there. So I think you can split those kind of in two in terms of what the market is. And the the major incident management market where we are is growing rapidly really just over the last couple of years um, because a lot of what used to be sort of alert routing to humans is now being handled by, by abstracted cloud infrastructure. Right? You've got like the, the Kubernetes of the world where if a server goes down, it just restarts it. You don't need a human involved anymore. But when you have um, you know the equivalent of the entire light board you know in front of you of alerts lighting up because an entire data center has gone out or a uh, the entire site and all of the back end microservices are gone, right? It's a very different category of problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So one of the things that I'm curious to know is how you measure how a team is effectively dealing with outages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that there are metrics that people look at, you know, mean time to resolution, things like that. Uh, but how, how are you really judging the response? I know a lot of people complain about the fact that when they get an incident, they're not even really sure who to contact right out of the box. So that's clearly an issue. But, but going forward from that, uh, assuming that you have your response team together, you know, how do you measure really, uh, you know, how well they're doing the job? Is it just all about resolving the response or are there other things you look at?
0: So, so this is this is a really interesting conversation. I think in the industry that's that's evolving pretty rapidly. You know, and we used to only talk about sort of your SLIs, SLOs, SLAs, and then your sort of MTT stars, right? All your mean times, mean time to resolution, mean time to mitigation, um, and and I actually think the the conversation is is evolving a little bit away from some of those metrics, which is which is something we've, we've observed in the industry where. Um, because each of these incidents are so different, it's tough to go do something like take a mean across them and say, you know, we can compare this one outage to this sort of major privacy event to this kind of, you know, almost non-technical incident that we're all captured in the same system and say that you can really monitor that MTTR correctly. I think what we're starting to see more often is uh, back to kind of first principles of, how many major outages, we call these SEV1s, right? The absolute top level outages is your company or your organization within your company experiencing. And I think a successful incident management process once it's installed should do two things. Like initially your overall count of, so we call these sort of SEV2s and SEV3s, right? Slightly off from highest priority incidents should actually increase to a certain degree because you've lowered the bar You've lowered that barrier to reporting and enacting that process. But over time, you'll see your SEV-1s, your major outages, actually go down. Um, and this is something we can learn from uh, actually from the airline industry. A lot of incident management practices came from kind of the teachings of Sidney Decker uh, and the NTSB and, and, and how the airline industry stays, stays resilient and stays so safe. And if you look at that industry, they they actually want to encourage like reports of, of non-major you know situations they want you to record electrical failures or small lights blinking all of these things need to be recorded as like sev 2s and sev 3s and the outcome they get from that is fewer planes are crashing and i think we can translate that directly to the software industry as it's evolving today which is really our goal here is to reduce the occurrence of these things overall and we only accomplish that by capturing all of the sort of sev 2 sev 3 you know slightly lower priority incidents and making sure that knowledge propagates in the company
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, a great uh, comparison with the airline industry. So, so let me ask you this question is, well, let me, let me backtrack for a second, because so I should have asked you this up front. How long has Kentaba been around?
0: So we're a pretty young company. Uh, we we started just just as the pandemic was getting going, uh, which was a pretty pretty unique time to be getting getting a company off the ground right right near the uh, end of February. Um, and so we're 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 a young company still. We've got our first you know set of set of really happy clients and and kind of growing uh, uh, growing awareness of the industry. And and we really feel like we're catching this thing right right as the wave and understanding of of. Major incident management and how it should be practiced in companies is starting to take hold, uh, you know, culturally, and uh, and so so yeah, no, quite quite young actually.
1: I'm probably more critical today with more people working from home and organizations having to distribute out data and other things uh, that uh, you know can create vulnerabilities and security and whatever else.
0: Definitely, the, the the need for tooling to implement process only increases when you have remote work. Right, where, where previously we could all sort of stand up in a room and, and call across to each other and you know, arguably enforce process through voice if we needed to, right? The, the, the new world where we're operating through Slack and we're operating through text, you know, we really need those guiding systems behind us that are making sure we're recording in the same place, we're following the process correctly, you know, without having to have a, a manager or a director, we would call it a responsible adult in the room, trying to make sure all of that's happening. Um, and so we've certainly seen a, a, an increase in interest, I think as a, as a result of that movement in the workforce.
1: Oh, that's great. And I know that you have a new product out called Automations. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about what that's all about?
0: That's right, so, so we've got a, a new feature here called Automations inside of Cantaba. And what it does is it takes what Cantaba does already, which is really decent process automation of, of getting you through each step of the incident. And it makes it more specific down to the response process So as the incident evolves, the automation system can make decisions about who should be part of the response. So for example, if you're starting a new incident um, and initially you're not really sure how to categorize it, but as the incident evolves, you realize, okay, this is affecting a system with PII, with uh, personally identifiable information. The automation system can detect that and say, okay, this is an incident that affects PII. This is a SEV-1. I need to go and make sure that we have the CTO involved and that we even have an on-call from the legal team involved to make sure that the right people are involved in this incident as it progresses. And the automation system really becomes that. It becomes this uh, if this, then that system running inside of the response process to help make sure the right people are involved at all times without you having to go through sort of standard organizational constructs of communication to figure out who and when and what should be involved in certain situations.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. So incident management and incident response, in my mind, always has kind of been an IT function. Uh, So uh, does incident management also still kind of play in the uh, in the IT operation space or is more people now being uh, being brought in to help uh, mitigate these situations?
0: I think I think it's ultimately a, a company wide effort to have a successful incident management process. And and that's important because you want everyone in the organization minimally to be aware of what's happening in order to reduce that sort of communication overhead. Um, But maximally, you also want the kind of cultural effects of incident management to propagate because they're not actually unique just to the engineering organizations or the IT organizations. Um, You can have a SEV-1 inside your marketing organization, your PR organization. Um, You can have a SEV-1 inside your legal organization. And the processes and the actions you should be taking um, are not different. Uh, And further than that, when you do have a major outage, even in sort of the traditional places for a technology company, like inside of IT or engineering, you still want people involved from those other roles. You want your PR person involved in the uh, incident so that they can be properly communicating out to the media if it's large enough. You want your legal uh, contact to be involved if there's a compliance issue with the mitigation that's being put into place, and you might want your customer success folks involved if there's clients affected and you're that type of B2B organization and you need them to know what's happening at any given moment so that they can properly communicate that externally. Um, we really find this this layer of the process, this top level incident management, to be a company wide practice uh, more than we we see it being, you know, just sort of an IT practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I know traditionally the role for developers in uh, incident response is to just wake up when the phone rings and dive in and try to find the cause of the problem and fix it. Does incident management give them a broader role, anything a little more preemptive as opposed to just being, uh, you know, reactive instead of proactive?
0: I think there's still some reactivity to it. Certainly, if you have, a, you know, a major black swan event in your organization, uh, and it happens at 2 a.m., you're, you're, you know, people are still going to have to wake up to uh, come in and, and, and work it out. The, the broadening of the role has a little bit more to do with the uh, ability for those responders to then come in and tell their story to the organization for, with the context of what they did to solve the problem so that the organization learns. Right? One of the, one of the core tenets of, of incident management is that learning within the organization after the fact. Um, and we normally map this down to sort of the postmortem writing, but what's so important from that and, and what the lesson is that the, the tech world is absorbing, you know, again, from these sort of uh, incident management companies or organizations that operate in like the airline industry and and, and sort of the, even even like the firefighting and defense industries, is that you must give that reflection with the context of the responder so that the organization can learn what about their process allowed that situation to happen. Right? We, we, we take on this, this cultural statement that no one's really coming to work to do a bad job. This isn't a person's fault. There was something in our process that allowed this to happen, this major outage, this major incident. And the most important thing we can do as a result of it happening, aside from mitigating it and getting the system back online, is helping the rest of the company understand, empathize with the situation and change so it never happens again.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you a very interesting conversation, uh, John, and uh, I think... A lot of organizations are going to really need to move in this direction, especially, as you said, in the middle of a pandemic and with remote work, which is probably going to go on way beyond the pandemic. Uh, so uh, I appreciate your time today. And It's good to get to know you and to hear about Kintaba. Great. Thanks, Dave. OK, my pleasure, folks. Thanks for listening to What the Dev. I'm Dave Rubenstein. Until next time. So long.